What is up, everyone? And welcome back to Happy Hour the Triple H podcast. We have a crazy day in the NBA world today. The trade deadline ended at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's about just after 6 p.m. now. So the dust has settled and we're about to get into all of it. Guys, I, I've i been just Twitter fingers all day today trying to keep up with everything, trying to read who went where, who got bought out, who got waived. Is Steve said it best before we before we actually started recording. Tons of trades, not too many big names, but a lot of a lot of guys going to different places that moves the needles for these teams. And we're about to get into all of that. But before we do, you guys know that Happy Hour Hoops is brought to you by Win Streaks. Guys, everyone go download the Win Streaks app. 100% free to play. It's very simple what you do here. You pick teams, you pick them to win certain games, you accumulate points based off those wins, and then you get cash prizes weekly based on how you do in the scoring compared to everyone else who's on the app. Again, it's 100% free to play. You can do NBA, you can do NHL, you can do NFL, you can do college basketball. Just about every sport is in there. 100 players win cash prizes every week up to $2,000. The contest runs from Monday to Sunday. Never any deposits, guys. 100% free. If you're watching on YouTube, Jake is showing you on his phone. And the the ticket here, guys, is use our code HHH when you sign up. Uh, Start winning cash prizes, picking your favorite teams to win. Simple. Go download the Win Streaks app, guys. It's the best. Now, the craziness. We'll, We'll... I'm going to tease it one more time, guys. We're, get, we're going to get into the huge trades. We got news and notes, how we always start off. Um, we'll start with Embiid because since we last recorded, it's it's been it's been the Embiid. It's happy hour hoops with Joel Embiid lately because, yeah. you know, it was all the MVP drama. Um, then it was the injury. And then it was, is he going to get the MVP if he's out too many games? He had a procedure. He will not get the MVP. Um, And now we wait to see what the fate of the Sixers and the fate of Joel Embiid for the rest of the season looks like. I mean, it's just a super bummer. Where where are you guys at with Joel Embiid? Obviously, we know he's not wearing the MVP. Do do you guys think he makes a return? Uh, I mean, he better. He better for Sixers fans' sakes at this point. I I think uh, we'll see. Um, it's going to be probably one of those things where we're not going to know until like a week or so before the playoffs. It feels that way that we're trending in that direction. And you know with Embiid, he's never going to return quickly, right? It always feels like it's usually on the long end of timelines when it comes to Embiid. And Embiid had made it perfectly clear, and we talked about this last week, his focus is not these regular season awards. His focus is not to play 82 games in a season. His focus is the playoffs and to win this city a championship. And that's the uh, priority right now. And so I would not be surprised that even if he could come back at some point, that uh, he, he he waits until the playoffs. But like I said, with the way the Sixers have treated Embiid in the past, they're going to be super, super cautious with this. And we're also talking, too, about a Sixers team that just lost one of the best players in the NBA, their superstar. I know they made a couple moves at this deadline, nothing too crazy, but a couple a couple moves they got to focus on winning right now. It's yeah. not like we can wait for the playoffs anymore. You still got to win these games to get there or to even like get a good seat or just get in yeah, at this man. point. So 
not you know with the way some of the Eastern Conference teams are playing too. I'm not going to talk about the Cavs because Jake doesn't want to talk about the Cavs. But you know there are some very hot Eastern Conference teams. You know yeah, the Cavs, yeah. the Knicks, and it's we're looking at Philly right now. They're they're going to start slipping without Embiid. We know it's coming. So who knows? I, it's it's one of those things. I don't think we'll know until right before the postseason. I, I I would not be shocked right now, guys, if he doesn't play at all in the regular season. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. What do you think, Jake? I feel like that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, pretty much the same. Like, uh, I wouldn't be shocked. They they should play it safe with him, honestly. The only thing that you should really, if you need to rush him back for, is if you're getting into play-in territory, which, like you're saying, I mean, they haven't really looked. They haven't been winning a bunch of games. They're sliding down. You want to talk about the Knicks who made moves. The Cavs have been winning a bunch. The the Pacers are still hanging around there. Like, they're going to fall out of order here in this in this Eastern conference race real quick. And they're going to end up with a very, uh, just a bad matchup in the first round for them. Like no matter what, it's not going to be, you know, we were talking about a team who a couple weeks ago when Embiid was really playing well, like maybe they're the second place team there. Maybe they're, this is the year where they're finally going to catch one of these teams and get to an Eastern conference final. Now it feels like that's, that feels like that's gone to me at this point. Because even if Embiid comes back, the thing with Embiid is his conditioning and the, when he comes back from these injuries, too. Is he really going to be able to cook? Day. Right. Like, I don't think he's going to be able to cook like he's been when he comes back, even if he's fully healthy. Right. Yeah, I, I said the exact same thing the other day to a friend, Jake. I, I presume Embiid will be back at some point. I think it's probably going to be the playoffs if they, you know, if they can hold the line, like Steve said, and make it there. They still have to do that. Bro, they're only three games out of the plan right now. Yeah. Three games out. That's crazy. Because both both conferences are super tight right now, the playoff race. They're the fifth seed. They've lost uh, their last three games, and they're three and seven in their last ten. Indiana's creeping up. We know how Miami likes to turn it on at the end of the year. The Magic have been on and off, but, I mean, don't let them get hot. They'll sneak right in there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you Bulls, Hawks – you know, not teams to scoff at necessarily. They they could easily make a playoff run. Don't let Kobe White get hot. Yeah. Don't let Kobe White get hot in a playing game. I, I wouldn't want to face him. It's sorry to uh our, our faithful listener, JBC, but they, did you guys see the Bulls haven't traded a player since 2021? I would they haven't traded a player or traded for a player since 2021. Donnie, I told JBC we'd be nice. We're not gonna bring that up. We're just gonna okay. let we're just gonna let the bulls happen. We won't hey, bring I'm up just the stating facts. I'm just stating facts. Um <laughs> but what I was saying about Embiid. I think if he does return, I think it will be playoffs. And Jake, I was literally saying the exact same thing to a friend the other day. It sucks because Embiid's biggest weakness his entire career has either been injuries or conditioning. It seems like he got the conditioning part figured out. But when you come off – sorry, JBC. When you come off a long injury like this, it's almost out of your control if you're out of shape. Like he's going to be – he's not going to have his legs under him when he first comes back from this injury. If Steve, like Steve said, if they have a tough matchup in the first round, it's going to be horrible for the Sixers. You know, trying to ease yeah. Joel back into it, but also have to lean on him as much as they usually do. Um, and then, you know, they they made some interesting trades today too, which we're going to get into. But I don't know. It, it's hard to tell after today if the Sixers got better. It really is. Um, and we'll, well, like I said, we'll dive into that more. But it's it, it's tough. And now someone else is going to. I guess it makes for a little bit more interesting of an MVP race because Joel was almost certainly going to win it if he wasn't going to miss these games. And now, now we have some stuff to, 
to kind of discuss whether it's SGA, you know, Jokic is obviously uh, number one right now at it. Giannis is there. Tatum is there. So that that yeah. conversation For, opens back up. But no disrespect, Donnie. But Tatum being ahead of Lukic is outrageous right now. Outrageous. Last 12, this guy's averaging 40, 11, and 11. And you're yeah, going to put him sixth in the MVP ladder? You're going to put him sixth in the MVP ladder? Absolutely disgusting. I don't know hey, what I don't make. I don't make it, man. He, I know you don't. I don't know what stats he needs to put up to be up here. Jokic being favored again. It's like, oh, God. Like, all right, we get it. It's not even yeah. Jokic's best year compared to his past, like, three seasons. Like, he's not yeah. even having his – Best year. It's I, I I don't understand like what they look at sometimes with MVP. Um well, sometimes but, they look at the number one seed. Yeah, I know they do. I'm well aware <laughs> of what they do. It's dude, it was so funny because Luca had a game he went like 19 points, and it was like eight rebounds, like 12 assists or something. And yeah. people were like, if Tatum put up these numbers, like people it would just be like, God, oh, just shrug it off. When Luca puts up 19 points, be like, Oh, what happened? Like, oh, this guy, you can't win with him. They won that game. And and also too, like I just I, to me, I like I, I I don't really care too much about the awards, but the fact that he was sixth on the ladder, bro. I, no, he I, should be high. And we've been saying that on the show, right? Even when Embiid was healthy, we're like, Luca, if they if the Mavs can get that record up, like Luca still has a fighting chance at this. We were saying that with Embiid was still healthy, so I'm with you, man. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, obviously he should be mentioned there as well. They'll move Devin I, Booker out of him soon. They, he, they gave Devin Booker player of the week when Luca had his 73-point game was and was crazy. averaging like 50, 12, and 14, I think it was that week. Devin Booker got player of the week. Devin Booker got player of the month. The month Luca was averaging 40, 11, and 11. You know, I, that's fine. You know I'm not mad. It's fine. It's fine. It's a, good day. I, it's a good day for the Mavs. It's a good day for the Mavs. It is. I think I've I think I've brought this up before on this show, but it's kind of crazy that like the NBA in general, and then like especially NBA media, you om- almost like can't help but disrespect some players on a week to week basis, yeah. just because how talented yeah. the NBA is Agreed. now. It's like like we I talked about this before we hopped on too. Like Donovan Mitchell had forty points last night, and like you don't really see Nobody anything about it anyway. Yeah. No one blinked like, oh, tonight. Another another 40 point game by one of the best guards in the league. Curry scored like, 60 in a loss. Like yeah. and no one cared. Like nobody cared Curry Curry scored 60. No yeah. one. <laughs> My one buddy who like he bets on the NBA every single day. He texted me like a week later. You know he goes, "Wait, Curry scored 60 the other night?" Go, "Yeah." Yeah, he did. It just sure did. just happened. Yeah. It just kind of happens now. <sighs> <laughs> Are you a big rotisserie chicken guy? Right. I, I like rotisserie chicken. I've had it a few times, but I'll never tell JBC what I'm having for dinner ever again. <laughs> Love it, man. Uh, so that's that's where we're at with Embiid right now. Um, obviously, you know, we're hoping for a speedy recovery. See how Philly fares while he's out, but it, it just sucks. Um, this is part of the game, and like we say every time, injuries suck. And another team dealing with that is the New York Knicks. We told you guys about Julius Randle last week. OG Ananobi's been sitting out. They were trying to just rest. Uh, I believe he. the report was that he had a, a loose bone in his elbow or in his arm somewhere. And he got a – it sounds bad, but they said it was a, a pretty minor procedure that he got um, either today or yesterday, and he's going to be out for the next three weeks. So Randle and – Ananobi will both be sidelined. Um, and you know, we can we can segue that by talking about what the Knicks did. Yeah. 
whether it was for insurance or they're making these moves anyway. But we're, we're going to try to get through all of these trades that happened today. Um, if we don't talk directly about your team, uh, you know, maybe it's a lower scale move. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of people got waived. A lot of people got cut. But we're going to get into all of it right now. And we're going to hopefully try to cover all of this. The Knicks got Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks from the Detroit Pistons in exchange for Quentin Grimes, um, Evan Fournier, and, you know, just a, a few other role players, two second round picks. I think Malachi Big deal. Flynn was in it too. Yes. Yeah. Big deal here. Um, honestly, decent trade for both sides. I think Quentin Grimes, I, I feel for him having to head to Detroit. I don't think he wanted to, or maybe he wanted to get moved. I don't think he wanted to go to Detroit, but the, the big, the big ticket here is Bogdanovich and Alec Burks joining the New York Knicks, really beefing up that roster, two shooters alongside yeah. their, their superstars and Randall and, and Brunson. And then, you know, OG, obviously when he comes back, they just have, a lot of versatility at, at at the at the wing play now, and I mean, it, you know, Jake, I, I won't speak for you, but as a of, as a fan of another Eastern Conference team, this is this is a little scary. Well, I'm listen. The thing is, <laughs> he's in. He's made it. He's been he's been unsilenced. The uh, <laughs> the uh, thing about the Knicks, I'm I don't I don't I don't buy any Cavs hype of the regular like. Every all my Cavs friends are super excited. Fifteen to one in the last, and I literally sent a text yesterday and said they do not hang January banners. Like I do not care about this Cavs run. If they have to play one of these teams in the second, like first round, they should be okay. If they play the Knicks in the second round, I'm going to be terrified, and I'm picking the Knicks to win that series. And this definitely bolsters the Knicks playoff rotation. If OG and Randall come back healthy and look good, and now they have Burks and Bogdanovich who can actually supplement Jalen Brunson and be another creator, because that's really the only thing they've been missing, right? Like once they got rid of quickly, it's like, all right, who else can create when Brunson's getting doubled or when Brunson's, I mean, he's rarely off, but when they, when they just need somebody else either on the floor with him or in the minutes that he's off the floor. And these are two guys that can go and just get a bucket at any time. Like Bogdanovich, has been a sharpshooter for years and years. The fact that the Pistons just traded him now is still kind of crazy. At least they traded him. Yeah, at least they sent him somewhere, (laughs) right, and got him out of there. Um, And Burks, like, we know – we've seen Alec Burks come on to a bunch of teams uh, through trades, through anything else, and be effective right away. He can kind of step into any role. That's really what the Knicks needed was just some instant offense, and they addressed that. You look at their nine-man rotation, it's pretty damn solid once they get all their guys back. I mean, think about once this team has, like, the starting lineup, you can really have the final five be Brunson, Mitchell Robinson potentially, Randall, OG, and then Bogdanovich or Burks or DiVincenzo or Hart, whoever you need for the matchup, really. And that's terrifying for any of the teams in the East because that's a damn good starting lineup, obviously depending on what playoff Julius Randall looks like. But that's going to – Whatever playoff Julius Randle looks like will really decide what the Knicks' playoff hopes end up being. But this is also the best situation for Randle heading into the playoffs because he's going to be asked to do the least. Like They're not going to be dependent right. on him scoring 30 points a night with the roster that they have built around them now. So yeah, the Knicks, you, Dunny, as the Boston Celtics fan, should be thinking about the Knicks, I think, more yeah. than any of these other teams. Because the yeah. Bucks. Who knows what the hell they're going to look like by the end of the year. And we know how Doc Rivers is. 
I don't think you can trust the Cavs over the Knicks. And we talked about Philly earlier. It feels like the Knicks are the biggest threat. Uh, and we talked about that a little bit last week, being the biggest threat and the second place team maybe in the East. And I think today solidified that. I agree. I think this move also makes them one of the deepest teams in the entire oh. NBA now with this move because we look at what happened. The Knicks keep playing well despite the injuries because guys are stepping up. Dante DiVincenzo has been incredible. Josh Hart Hartenstein with Mitchell Robinson, who has been her Hartenstein, has yeah. been incredible. Mm -hmm. And now you add two more pieces, Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks, who are doesn't matter if they're starting or if they're coming off the bench. This is depth. These are guys that know what they can do. Bogdanovich is a bucket. Burks is one of those guys who can just come off the bench and score 15 on like six shots in about mm -hmm. 10 minutes when you have, you know, the backups come in for a little bit and like not in the first quarter, start a second. And it can completely change, you know, the tide of a game. And the Knicks now have a bunch of those guys. I mean, even if DiVincenzo goes back to the bench once everyone's fully healthy, He's proven he's had 30 point games this year. He's proven he can be a scorer. And this is just another move where I think you got rid of guys like besides Quentin Grimes, none of these guys really moved the needle or none of these guys are really part of the main, you know, rotation for this New York Knicks team. You don't give up a first round pick. So somehow the Knicks got Ochi Ananobi, right? Bogdanovich and Alec Burks and gave up no first round picks in, in those trades they made, which is Crazy, wild. Man incredibly impressive there by the front office. But mm -hmm. now, like I said, you have depth. And to Jake's point, you have options. And we know with Dibs, he's, he will uh, play who he wants to play. It's not like, oh, just because you are a starter or just because you're supposed to be in the starting five or you started this game, you're not you're not getting run in the fourth quarter because you're, you're playing poor. And I think that takes pressure off these guys. I think the only guy who's probably locked in for 45 minutes a night in the playoff games is Jalen Brunson. I think that's Yo, the only one. Yeah. Even, even Randall, if Randall's struggling, Thibs, Thibs has options now to take him out. Josh Hart, a little more defense. Bogdanovich, a little more offense. And you can mix and match too, right? You can play big. You can play small. So now it's just a matter of the Knicks getting fully healthy. But in the meantime, no need to rush Randall or OG back because you got competent players. Bogdanovich yeah. and Alec Burks can just slide right in. I mean, these are good guys, players that have played for a while. They're veterans that know what they're doing. You slide them in with Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, um, Dante DiVincenzo. The Knicks Notice. are a legitimate contender like right now. And I'm not just saying contender of, oh, they can make noise in the playoffs. This team could give the Celtics a series and very good chance they could go to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and to, to your last point, Steve, about Tibbs kind of just playing whoever he wants, mm -hmm. take a look at the guys who, who went out the door during these trades. Yeah. Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, guys who were vocal about Tibbs right. coaching ways and how they didn't understand yeah. their role in the team. Yep. And someone else who was like that, who was vocal, Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett, both had yep. said things in the past. Tibbs was like, okay, you, you guys don't like how I play? You know, see ya, there's the see door. Ya. And they're, they're yeah. rolling with the way that they've always played. You know, I, I gave Tibbs shit over the last couple of years. Maybe it was just the personnel. Maybe his coaching style has always worked. And it was just guys who weren't buying in because the guys who are there now are bought in. And the Knicks, like you just uh, explained to us, are, are scary. And they can do more, you know, mm -hmm. than just make a little bit of noise in the first round. They're legit. I, you know, obviously I do want to see what that looks like when they get playoff bound. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned Hartenstein. Like people forget, Mitchell Robinson will be back at some point too. Yeah. I, I he's have just a, a better version of Hartenstein. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a friend who, who's a Knicks fan. I, we were talking about that last week. Like 
Artenstein has been great, but like you guys are getting Mitch back. Like he he will be back, and yes. along with Ananobi and Julius Randle, when those those guys are healthy, it really you know it's it's the same thing we've said for the last two years. It literally just comes down to Randle. Is he going to show up in yep. the big spot? I think a little less pressure this year for sure because you know you have all these shooters now. You have a guy like OG who can also score, and Brunson has obviously been on a, another planet compared to last year, but. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see with the New York Knicks, man. It's This was a exciting trade deadline for them. Uh, it's already been an exciting season, and here they are, man. They, you know, Knicks are here to stay. I don't, you know, I don't, I'd be shocked if we see them drop any lower than that four spot for the remainder of the season. Me too. Oh, yeah, me too. So, shout out the Knicks. Uh, next, next, probably biggest trade of the day. A guy whose name we don't hear much of anymore, but it might just be because he's playing in Charlotte. The Charlotte Hornets traded Gordon Hayward to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Trey Mann, Davis Bertans. Uh, I'm going to butcher that name, but <laughs> Michic is his last name. Um, and no no picks in that Hayward deal, right? Did I forget to write that? I don't think there's any I don't picks. believe so. Yeah, so, you know, Trey Mann, a guy who I think people are high on, you know, an explosive offensive talent, just hasn't really gotten his shot yet. Uh, he goes to the Hornets along with Bertans and then Gordon Hayward, man. I, you know, like I said, we, we haven't heard much about him. He's making a bunch of money in Charlotte, not doing a whole lot. He's been nursing a, a few different injuries this nope. year, so he hasn't even been on the court recently, but Hayward – uh, a veteran wing who can score at all three levels added to this super athletic, young, fast-paced Thunder team is is a perfect fit, if you ask me. I think, you know, if they're not the, the big winners of the day, I think Thunder are top two as far as winners of the trade deadline go. This is, this is one of the better trades I saw today, I think. Yeah, they didn't give up too much at all, and they're getting, like you said, Donnie, a veteran player. We're talking about Oklahoma City Thunder, one of the uh, youngest teams in the NBA. And one thing the Oklahoma City Thunder lack a little bit sometimes is outside shooting. With their yeah. with their core starting five, outside shooting can be a little inconsistent. And Gordon Hayward, he's nearing a return. I think, Jake, you said he was questionable the other night. He's getting close. He's yep. been out since late December. But now he gets to go into this team, be that veteran leader, kind of whatever role they need him for. And like you said, this is a guy that could just score 20 any night, really. Like, people forget because he's on Charlotte. But Gordon Hayward's a baller, man. This guy knows how to play, and he gives the Thunder, you know, that veteran leader they need and also that outside shooting. And yeah. – as someone, like I said, who's been high on the Thunder to start the season, this is kind of the exact type of player the Thunder need, right? They need a guy who's been around multiple teams. They need a veteran. They need a guy who will do what's asked of him. He's not going to, you know, demand the ball. He's not going to complain about minutes. He's just going to get right in there, play his game. And I think that's the perfect thing for a young team that's, you know, led by young superstars. I think this is a, and also, like, like I said, look at what they gave up. Thunder ain't missing any of those three. They're, no. not, they're not missing any of those nope. three. And like people talk about Trey Mann, but like, you know, you got a guy like Casey Wallace, the rookie who's kind of been better than Trey Mann. Isaiah, Isaiah Joe, like the guys like that, young players that, you know, even if Hayward comes off the bench to just play with that sec those second guys who come off the court, is going to be a huge, huge help. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's the benefit for the Thunder here out of anything is Hayward can really slip into this lineup and do whatever he needs to do, right? Like he can play 
if he needs to play the four in some of these lineups for them and, and be a bigger presence, like it's mm-hmm. not ideal, but he can do that for them. Yeah. If he's going to stick at the three and come off the bench and run that unit, he can do that. I feel like he's kind of just slides in wherever this team needs it on a night to night basis. And the thing, I think Ryan Rosillo made the point earlier when they were talking about this trade, it might just be to bring that average age up that we've been talking about because title yeah. teams have a certain average age. And as right. he said, like he's, I think Dunny, you said before this, Gordon Hayward, the last time he was an all-star, none of these Oklahoma City Thunder were in the NBA. Crazy. So this is clearly a vet that they they needed some kind of veteran presence, some kind of playoff presence going into, obviously, a playoffs with high expectations. Like, this is a team that, as we're sitting here talking about this, is tied record-wise for first place in the Western Conference. Like, they're regardless of whether, you know, they're a year early or they're they're gonna be you know back in this situation the next couple of years because of the core they built you can't you can't miss situations like this you can't miss opportunities like this you have to try to take advantage of them and i think this is the move that is perfect for this team it doesn't take away from the stars it's not going to take a lot of shots away from the stars but he's a perfect guy who can come and supplement what they need to do and if they want him to end up starting, they can slide Giddy out or slide somebody else out of that starting lineup, and he can fit in there seamlessly. He's not going to be a guy that really demands the ball, demands a bunch of shots or anything like that. It, it's it's a perfect fit, I think. Um, I don't know how Gordon Hayward feels about moving to Oklahoma City after moving back to North Carolina, and that was a you know going to right. Charlotte. That was part of the big deal for him. But hey, if it's a chance to win a ring again for this guy, I feel like he's going to come buy in and really try to be the leader that this team wants. Yeah, much Bro, better I'd, chance here, I'd say, to win a ring. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think you could say that pretty confidently. Uh, it's also, you know, people forget the bag that Michael Jordan, you know, put on the table for Gordon Hayward hey. when he first got to Charlotte. Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, playing for the Hornets, playing for OKC, I think I think he's I think he's gonna be all right playing for OKC. I'm sure he's happy to he knows he's going to be playing in the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, his money's already right. So, you right. know, I, I'm sure he's he's happy with this. So good for Gordon Hayward. I think it's a genius move for the Thunder. You know, a lot of these guys, they haven't even had to pay yet. So they don't even mind mm. bringing in Gordon Hayward and having to pay him whatever they have to pay him because so many of their guys are still on rookie deals. They don't have to worry about that for a few more years for a lot of these guys. And yeah, I mean, it's just just a perfect, perfect dude. I'm excited to see how they play him, Jake. You mentioned they can do a lot with him if they want to. Um, bench unit, running the bench unit would probably be the smart move. You'll probably see that a lot. Right. Maybe, maybe come playoff times, they want him in the starting lineup, depending how well he's playing. But um, yeah, super exciting, super interesting move. Uh, and uh, Steve, I think you might have said this before we start recording, but like, kind of came out of nowhere too, right? Yeah. Like, no. Hayward, yeah, like th- there's rumors that Charlotte wanted him out, but h- how long have we been hearing that Charlotte wanted to get rid of Miles Bridges or right. you know, PJ yeah. Washington, a guy we're going to talk about? They've been saying they've been trying to trade their whole team for like the last two years. Um, so no one really thought and, you know, he was going to go anywhere and if anywhere, nowhere of significance. And right, here that's he goes a- to, to one of the best teams in the league. That's the thing. I don't think anyone expected OKC to make a, like a big splash like this at the yeah. deadline. And they're not right. You were like, yeah, they weren't. They're. they're I. I don't want to say overachieving because I think they were going to be one of the better teams in the Western Conference this year. But a lot of people, you look at OKC near the top of the Western Conference standings, are tied for the first right now. It's like, wow, they're playing really well. They might be a year or two ahead of schedule, mm, and yeah. 
all of a sudden, like when you have a team like that, a young team like that, you're like, oh, you kind of stick stick with what you got. Also, OKC too. How many how many picks do they have? They're set up for years Still down the road too. And they didn't even send one away. For and this. they didn't and they didn't send one away. And then they get that this vet score like Gordon Hayward that people kind of forget, like you said, because he's on Charlotte. And not only that, you know, he's been hurt for a little over a month now. I think since the end of December. And dude, you're getting a guy who scored like 15 a night for this team. Like yeah. just, just casually come in a veteran leader like that and just completely flew under the radar. No one expected this wasn't rumored. And then of course, OKC who just, it, it feels like OKC can't make any wrong moves at this point, whether it's who they draft, whether it's trades, what regardless, just once again, just makes another move where I look at it and I go, yeah, like the, it's just a, a, a complete win by the thunder. Yeah. Yep. No, it, it's great for that, man. And we'll, we, we'll talk about a guy who we just brought up, Steve's Mavs, oh, PJ Washington. Uh, Washington going to the Mavs in return for Seth Curry and Grant Williams, which that one stung a little bit for me. I do feel bad for Grant Williams. It seems like he found a new home in Dallas, uh, got shipped away. Thanks. Things clearly weren't working out there for him. Yeah, uh, got shipped away to, to Charlotte, and then they also came out of the trees and landed oh. a guy Daniel Gafford, who I, I'm not sure who Steve's more excited about. I know it's probably PJ Washington, but um, Daniel Gafford is the the smaller, less sexy move that is probably just as important for this team. Talk about the Mavs' uh, new looking front courts. <laughs> First off, the Mavs, well done. I usually I'm always yeah. disappointed NBA trade deadline day because the Mavs just break my heart. But I think the Mavs <laughs> are one of the big winners of the deadline this year. They got two big pieces at two positions of need, huge need, and also I don't think they overpaid or for either of them. Obviously, PJ Washington, they threw in a first round pick, but I believe that's in 2027. Seth Curry kind of felt like the odd man out this year, and Grant Williams, like you said, Tony, I like. Grant Williams. It just kind of felt like it wasn't a great fit after, you know, started off great and that it just didn't seem like it worked too well. Maybe not the type of player they needed, maybe a little more offense. And that's what you'll get with PJ Washington, but also very good on defense with PJ Washington. I love that deal. But the Daniel Gafford deal might have been the fleece of the day. Rashawn Holmes and draft compensation for Daniel Gafford, who, and I know he's on the Wizards. No one really knows what he's doing. This is one of the best interior defenders in the NBA, who's also been great, has been great on the offensive side for the Wizards this year. He's almost averaging pretty much a double-double, averaging over two blocks a game. And this is a guy, too, the only thing he really doesn't do is the outside shot, which is fine. Because, like I said, P.J. Washington's got the outside shot. You have shooters around Luka now, right? Obviously, Kyrie can shoot. Josh Green can shoot. Tim Hardaway, that's all he does is shoot. Jaden Hardy probably has a little bit more minutes now, you know, freeing up, getting Seth Curry out there. He can shoot. Like, Derek Jones, I mean – there's, there's a lot of guys that can shoot now, but you need that interior defense because you just can't play the rookie Derek Lively so much every single game, especially when he gets into foul trouble. And then I'm going to say his name only a couple times on this podcast, and you have to bring Dwight Powell in. We can't have that. We can't have that. You know. So now you got Lively, and I think Lively could even start coming off the bench because I, I think Gafford has proven that he can be a starter. P.J. Yeah. Washington, we've seen him when he gets starter minutes. He's been great. We've seen him come off as the bench as the sixth man for Charlotte. Has been great. These are two guys that can really help with that interior defense. But also, 
they got a little bit of offensive tricks in their own. Gafford doesn't really shoot, but he's he's pretty good down low. And PJ yep. Washington could be a scorer. He he's one of those guys oh, yeah. who could just get hot and he can score 20 plus when he wants to. So I really like this. Also, too, it just gives you so much more depth now, right? You have mm-hmm. Washington, Gafford, you got lively, Kleba, Dwight Powell's gonna be in street close for the rest of the year. Like it's 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 gonna be a nice situation. And I didn't even mention Dante Axel, who's been playing out of his mind. The Mavs have depth finally. The Mavs have yeah. depth. They can mix and match. They can play small. They can play big. They can play with shooters. They can play more defensively. And that's all you need when you got a guy like Luka Doncic, you know, who's running the whole show. Mm-hmm. You just need options around him. And they finally, for the first time, I feel like, have the best team with that many different options. And like I said, everyone's going to talk about the P.J. Washington deal. And trust me, I love it. I love P.J. Washington. We've talked about how underrated P.J. Washington is. Just kind of people forget about because he's on Charlotte. But Daniel Gafford for Rashawn Holmes in draft compensation is something that just I I was I was giddy when I saw that deal. I was just like giggling, laughing at my phone, looking at Woj's tweet. Like, there's no way they got Gafford too. Because I told you guys, I saw the PJ Washington deal first. Didn't even realize that the Gafford deal happened. It flew mm-hmm. so far under the radar. They got Gafford mm-hmm. too. So and also, and we talked about this before the podcast. Both guys are 25 years old. Yep. It's, they're, they're young. It's not like it feels like PJ Washington's like 32. No, he's 25. They were drafted in 2020, I believe. I mean, this is oh man, this is this is a very, a very, very happy Steve at the trade deadline. <laughs> the, Mav, the Mavs are in a really, really good spot. They have depth now, just gotta stay healthy because I really, really like the look of this team for this uh for this postseason. I really, really do. Yeah, you said it well, Steve. I don't have a lot more to add, but it just like like you were mentioning too, this Mavs lineup, like we knew the deficiencies going into the year, and now it feels like a complete lineup, a complete rotation. Yeah. Like they have they have depth in every spot. They feel like it's it, there's not they, they've been like a mismatch team for a couple of years now mm-hmm. where they have too much in one spot, don't have enough in the other. Now I feel like they're finally even throughout the lineup, and that's that's really what they needed to address. And these are two guys that as you were saying, like they're not just guys to fill the spot. Like they're guys who are gonna play well in the roles that they're gonna be in. Gafford is a big presence that is gonna get a yes. lot of minutes. Probably, I mean, he's probably gonna start, right? Like, I, I like think Gafford he should. should I think Lively so. should come off the bench. I think yeah. Gafford should start. If PJ comes off the bench, that's fine, right? And they want to play Exum and Jones, but I think Gafford should be the starting center. I think and so Lively too. Should come off the bench. And like you said, PJ Washington, like that man can get hot at any time. And the yeah. shots that Luca's going to be able to create, like we saw what LaMelo right. was able to do with him. Imagine what Luca Doncic is going to be able to do with him. So I'm, I'm really excited about these moves for the Mavs. And that lineup just looks, it looks so much cleaner. Like now I'm looking, looking at the depth chart right now. It just looks so much nicer to wait with these additions that they made today. So yeah, kudos to, kudos to the Mavs because they definitely yeah. bolstered that lineup into that Western conference. And they're, they're a scarier team than they were coming into the day. And not to, you know, get make make it worse for Grant Williams, Donnie, but you heard what Grant Williams said when he was like, you know, it's so easy playing with Luca. He just makes it so much easier. You just get to your spot and like he will find you. PJ Washington yeah. and Daniel Gafford are going from playing on the Charlotte Hornets and Washington Wizards. And now they get <laughs> now they get to play with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Like it's yeah. easy mode for him now. Yep. I don't I don't want to make that bad for Grant Williams, but he's the one who said the quote where it's just yeah. man, you no, got two true. guys on teams that have just been in the gutters for their their entire NBA, you know, career. And now it's easy mode. Something the uh the Mavs At least Grant got his money. 
that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, so. <laughs> he got paid. Uh, something that clearly the Mavs were looking at when they made these two deals too is just like having lob threats or having guys that can yes. play above the rim because yeah, as much yeah. as DJ Washington can step out and shoot, he can dunk about as hard as anyone can in the oh, league. Yeah. Gafford became a, a lob threat when he started playing with Russ years ago. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that was how he made his living in the NBA. He just waited for Russ to throw it up to him. Um, so both these guys, you know, Dwight Powell once upon a time was a lob threat in the NBA. He's no longer. Grant Williams is certainly not a lob threat. You know, right. I love Grant. I'll talk him up all day. He's not a lob threat. So, you know, to part ways with Grant and then to bring in Daniel Gafford and uh, P.J. Washington, it's just – it's special for this team. And, you know, like just just giving Kyrie and Luka lob threats alone is just yes. – yeah, it's it's going to make their life so much easier. Um, and then you bring in, you know, guys who are capable of that and also skilled in other ways. So sh- shout out, shout out the the Dallas Mavericks. Um, that was the biggest. That was winners the biggest the thing deadline? about winners at the deadline. Uh, yeah, I would put them right up there with OKC. I think Toronto, who we're going to talk about sneaky, you know. I don't know. I thought they were going to keep Dinwiddie, so I I, t- I tweeted earlier that I thought Toronto was, and it was based it was based on the moves that they made earlier mm-hmm. this season when they right. acquired Barrett and quickly. But yeah, I, I would say Mavs overall, just as as far as you know, beefing up your actual rotation, it's hard not to put them up there. Um, that, a I'm lot so of teams excited. got better today. I'm so excited teams to got watch Mavs basketball, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited for the final 30 games of um, this season. My my team, the Boston Celtics, we don't have to spend too much time on here. They, they traded for Xavier Tillman yesterday and then made a, a few smaller trades today. They got Jaden Springer from the Philadelphia 76ers for a second rounder. Um, they got Tillman from the Grizzlies in exchange for two second rounder and Lamar Stevens. And then they traded Danilo Banton uh, right at the buzzer today for a protected second rounder from the Portland Trailblazers. I like the Tillman move. Um, I think a, a lot of a lot of people on Celtics Twitter were breaking it down where Brad probably likes Tillman because there's there's film of him locking down guys from Jokic to Luka Doncic. Like he he can switch on to everyone. Basically mm-hmm. is what I'm getting at. Um, and just having a backup big who you can switch is something that Brad Stevens loves. And then Jaden Springer is kind of just uh, – it seems like Brad maybe took a flyer at the end of the deadline. A guy who's 21 years old, he had some big moments against the Celtics in the preseason, um, and Brad probably remembered that. So Celtics, you know, one of the better teams in the league, didn't need to make any crazy splashes, but – Brad Stevens wasn't letting a trade deadline pass without without, <laughs> no. without getting well, never. I love Tillman coming in though because that's what I feel like Ooh. we talked about at the beginning of the year. Like they need some depth behind Porzingis and Horford. Yeah. Horford's obviously older. He's getting up there in age. Porzingis has the injury history. He's obviously been banged up a couple times this year. So you need a guy like that who can come in and, and really just step in. Just sad to see my guy Lamar Stevens go. It's just they yeah, they, I mean, they couldn't even they, on the goodbye tweet yesterday, Daddy. They couldn't even show him playing. They had him yeah. in the street. Clothes, yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't tough, really man. been in the rotation. <laughs> yeah, it's, tough. Tough. it's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. I, I I will say I did think he was going to be the one owning the O'Shea Brissett minutes, but it kind of seems like they were competing for those minutes at the beginning of the year. And Brissett, I don't know if it's uh 
I mean, Brissett's been playing well. I don't want to take anything away from him, but yeah, I, th- I think that's what it came down to. He just yeah. didn't get the rotation, and then and Lamar can't shoot. That's really what the biggest thing. Yeah. Is. He needs to be able to hit yeah. a jumper on that team, and you you can't. <laughs> now he's uh, now he's in Memphis, so we'll we'll see how he he fares there. Celtics, I I, I give some thumbs up. I, I'm not going to put them in the winners. They didn't category. need to do anything. They, yeah. they didn't need to, but you know they're always going to do a little something. something. Yeah, so I like it. Um, next up, Buddy Heal. This is one of the first trades of the day, actually. Buddy Heal to the 76ers yeah. for Marcus Morris and Corkmaz, who actually both ended up getting. Uh, waived yeah. and three second round picks. Pretty crazy, pretty crazy haul for Buddy Heald, if you ask yeah. me. But this is this is a guy who's been rumored to get traded for like the last four years. It feels like uh, he's also like he was weirdly a guy who was always talked about being traded, but kind of also beloved by the Indiana Pacers mm-hmm. at the same time, or at least the fans. It kind of seemed that way. Mm-hmm. But I mean. This one's simple to me. Like Sixers, they went out and got another score for while Joel's hurt. It. A sharpshooter, uh, a volume shooter, a guy who can really – you can put the ball in his hands and just be like, go get us a bucket. They don't have many of those guys. Obviously, you know, Maxi, Buddy Heald and Maxi being on the court at the same time should be interesting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a little weird what Philly did today. Uh, you know, we'll get to the, the Pat Bev trade next, but, like, they gave – Marcus Morris keys to the city like two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. <laughs> then, he, then he gets traded out of Philly. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it was, if you ask me, I think three second rounders and two of your rotation guys is a little bit of an overpay for Buddy Heald at this point. But I do think Buddy Heald is a guy that they need on their team. So, or a guy, a player like him, they need on their team. So, I don't hate it, but I, I do think this might have been one of the, one of the overpays of the day. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, I, I kind of like it for the Pacers because it felt a little yes. cluttered at that position, right? Matherin, you don't know if he's going to start or come off the bench. Naismith has been playing yep. great for the Pacers oh, lately. I am so and, happy for him. Man. And I think that's kind of what made them, you know, make this deal or a trade buddy because we they still play them hard too. Yeah, we had heard the rumors for a couple of years. Oh, are they gonna are they gonna trade buddy? They're gonna trade buddy. And it was like, no, nah, the Pacers are playing well, keep what you got. But it's like Naismith's playing well. Like you said, Nemhard's playing well. Ben Mathen, we know the rookie year he had, he's playing well again. McConnell, I know he's not really a scorer, but McConnell's another type of like guard depth you have yeah. that they they like throwing mixing them in. And it's one of those things where it's like you know, sometimes everyone kind of has their price. I like what they got back. I think Morris is actually yeah. probably gonna be a nice, a nice spot for the pacers obviously they got yeah. rid of quirk but three second rounders too oh no, morris morris got cut too oh morris got cut too yeah. i didn't even know he got to i thought it was just yeah, he got waved but but three second rounders is something that you can you can use you can flip and like i said it's sometimes i don't want to say addition by subtraction because buddy healed deserves more than that but it kind of yeah. opens up more minutes for guys who have been playing well. Like I said, Naismith, Matherin, Nemhard. Yeah. It kind of opens it up for these young guys. And for the Sixers side of it, you just you just need someone who can score because we, we've seen games where Maxie's been great as the go-to guy, and we've seen games where the defense just kind of mauls him. And it's tough because I love Tobias Harris. I wouldn't call him a number two offensive option, but I think no. he's a great player. Kelly Oubre can just be too inconsistent. And then who do you have? Daniel House? Like, it's just Buddy Heald gives you at least another scoring threat, which can kind of help take a little bit off of Tyrese Maxey in the games where 
teams do really focus on them and say, let someone else beat us. And like we said, the Sixers are kind of desperate, right? They're, yeah. they're slipping. The other East teams are getting better. And I'll tell you what, before this deal was made, I'm sure they knew well aware they were only three games out of the plan. And it's like, okay, like we only have a three-game cushion now. We don't know when our superstar MVP, Joel Embiid, is going to be back. We got to do something. Yep. And we talked about it at the start of the show. Not a lot of big, big names were dealt, but a lot of players that, you know, will have sizable roles that can make impacts in their new spots. And I think Buddy Heald's right at the top, right near the top of that list. Yeah, that's a, you, uh, you made a great point about the role for the Pacers to want to do this, right? Like, it feels like it's a Matherin Neesmith. It might be, you know, not, like you said, not addition by subtraction, but getting those guys minutes, right. getting the younger guys minutes feels like it's a good thing. Yeah, the Sixers and the way Nick Nurse runs this offense, Buddy Heald feels like he's going to fit in seamlessly there. And they're clearly, I think this is going to be a change of how they kind of attack teams without Embiid. Like, they're going to want to spread it out more. They're going to want Maxi to be, you know, more like a hardened Luka guy where he's dominating the ball and yeah. dishing out to shooters. And so you go get him a shooter that's going to help him and right. play on that wing. And now they can have some more versatile lineups that are way more offensive, that can spread it out a little bit more. And when Embiid gets back, obviously you love that spacing and everything else. But I think for right now, like like we were talking about the Embiid injury early on, that's what this move felt like. And that's why I think it was an overpay and a little desperation because they knew they needed to get something and needed to address this roster in some way to help Tyrese Maxey out and get him some more help scoring the ball. And that's what Buddy Heald can do. I mean, Buddy Heald could have 37 points in his next first game with the Sixers and none of us would be surprised because that's the kind of player he is. That's how hot he can get from three. Yeah. 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 So, you know, this, I don't know. We can, we can talk about them still. I was just about to move on from the Sixers, but Pat Bev, right? Pat Bev to the Bucks. Yeah. That's two weeks. He claims, Patrick Beverly himself claimed that two weeks ago, Daryl Morey said that he was not going to get traded. He asked him, he said, no, 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 you, no, you're not getting traded. He got traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for campaign and a second round pick. Um, I mean, it makes sense for the Bucks. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think it's a little interesting, a little, a little bit of a head scratcher for the Sixers. It seems like. Pat Bev was playing some of his bas- best basketball in the last couple of years. I know things haven't looked great since Embiid's been out, but I, you know, I don't, I don't think you can put that on one guy's shoulders, uh, you know, or point point the blame at one guy. I mean, no. I definitely don't think it would be Patrick Beverly. I think maybe this was the Bucks more bugging the Sixers about trying to get a deal done, trying to acquire some some defense, some mm-hmm. defensive help um, at the guard position, but. Um, yeah, this is just kind of another weird one for me. Like, I don't hate the move for the Sixers, but it, it seems a little weird because I don't know. Like, this campaign slide into the rotation for the Sixers here? Well, as we were it, just kind of talking about, like, it might be a straight, straight defense for offense thing. If that if they're looking at playing the rest yeah. of the regular season without Embiid or close to it, this team is going to want shooters and want creators. And campaign, sure. obviously, campaign is a very hot or cold player. But he, if he gets on a good stretch with them and and can play some of those guard minutes and score off the bench and everything else, it's bringing more offensively than what you usually get from Pat Bev. And like you said, the Bucks side they needed a defensive presence at guard, right? Yeah. Like they've that's what they've been missing. He's not Drew Holiday. He's not going to replace that or anything else. But they needed something more 
than Dame, and they needed an option at the guard position to kind of throw at some of the better guards that they're going to face in the league or in the East when you're talking about a Brunson or you're talking about Mitchell and Garland or you're talking about, you know, Derek White or and any of these guys that they're going to have to take on in the in the playoffs or, or even a Maxi if, they, if right. they match up with the Sixers. So it feels like it's kind of a, a schematic thing as much as anything else. Like the Sixers are clearly leaning into we're going to try to outscore everybody now without him being and the Bucks know that they needed some defensive help, and it kind of answered that question. But it is weird, and it's definitely Daryl Morey. He's not his rep is definitely lower than it was at the beginning of the year with the with the Harden deal and how that whole situation played out with James, and then this with Pat Bev with him coming out being like, "Hey, I was told I wasn't getting traded." Like Daryl Morey is he he's an interesting guy the way he deals yeah. with these things. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like it for the Bucs. What, what was the big thing I said was the downgrade from the Bucs, uh, you know, this year to last year was the defensive at the guard position, right? You lose Drew Holiday, and as much as we love Damian Lowe, he's just not there defensively. Other guys are getting older, and Pat Bev, he's, he's, a, he's a little bit better defensively, right? He's one of those guys who, who who's not afraid to get physical, not afraid to get dirty. And I, I think uh, Pat Bev's a good fit for this Milwaukee team. Um, also kind of fits like the – guy that you know doc rivers would want right <laughs> like yeah. type of player that doc rivers would want to coach so it's uh i think it's a good move for milwaukee i've never been a huge campaign fan and it just didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was a good fit in milwaukee just because you don't need a guy like that is your is your depth when you have you know already so many good offensive options on your team so i i like the deal for milwaukee like i said with philly fans good like Wait and see what happens. Good luck. I don't. I don't really know. It could. It could be really bad for Philly, or this. These moves could work out, and they could win games 140 to 130. I really don't know. But right now, if I'm if I'm a Philly fan, I'm not feeling good. Not at all. Yeah, I'm just. I know they gave away. So they gave away four second round picks total today. They lost Daniel House. They lost Marcus Morris. They lost. Lost Cork Maz. They brought in Buddy Heald. They lost Pat Bev. They got a second round pick back. I mean, yeah, so they lost three second round picks, like four rotation guys, and then got Buddy Heald. It's weird. It's weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to see it play out. They, I mean, they, they made a lot of small moves today. Obviously, they know more about Joel's recovery and injury than we do. So, you know, maybe maybe these moves are dependent on what they think the rest of the season is going to look mm-hmm. like, but um, definitely interesting out of Philly. We'll see how that plays out. Also Pat Bev immediately saying when he got traded that he needs to, he needs to make things right with Damian Lillard was hilarious because they have, <laughs> they have, they have beefed quite a bit over the years. Yeah, I think dating back to the bubble, I think is when they, they first got into it and in a Clippers trailblazers matchup, but just pretty funny stuff so you know pat bev obviously is a character he he brings I've, the antics with him he's, like a, he's a good guy for me it'll be it'll be yeah. easy to get along with him once he's your teammate right he's one of those yeah. guys you hate playing against you love playing with type exactly of deal, as a yep. teammate so yeah he's uh, with that. he's cut from the same cloth as marcus smart who apparently the bucks were rumored to try to go after um they land pat bev instead I think it's I think it's a great trade for the Bucks, much like you guys said, and we'll, we'll see with Philly. Super interesting. 
Uh, moving right along here, Kelly Olenek, Oche Baji, and are both headed to the Raptors for Otto Porter Jr., Kyra Lewis, and a 2024 first round pick, yeah, guys. Crazy. This is we were talking about this before we got on as well. A first rounder uh, for Kelly and Abaji. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, they're they're doing they're putting they're, their cards on the table. Yeah, they're tr- they're trying, right? They made yeah. a big splash earlier this year with you know getting RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. Now they get another splash here. Kelly Olinick, you know, very solid player. I think he's gonna be a good fit in Toronto. Oh, Chayabaji, we're talking about him. We loved him at Kansas. We loved him in that national championship run. We thought he was gonna be one of these, you know, late blooming rookies. And maybe it's just, you know, just wasn't a great fit in Utah. But I we've seen the talent with Abaji. So we'll see how the, the Raptors use him. I'm shocked they gave up a 2024 first, though. And I know we talked about they have a decent amount of picks, and you said they have the Pistons second-round pick this year, right? So technically that's like a late first-round pick in my mind. Um, But I'm I'm shocked a team that's 18-33 and is trading a a, a 2024 first round. I mean, I know maybe they really like the young core they have, right? And I I do like these guys. I think R.J. Barrett. Ton of potential. Manual quickly. Ton of potential. Kelly Olenek doesn't really fit the mold of a young guy. Canadian, though. True. True. Um, but, you know, Ochai Abaji, potential there. I, I just I look at this team and I go, all right, like I, I see the direction they're going. I kind of see the vision of, you know, getting a young team around Scotty Barnes, not doing exactly what the Thunder did, but kind of doing what you can. But I just don't feel like the timing's right to give up a, a first round pick. And I also don't think, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't move the needle for me right now of saying, Oh, the Raptors are going in a direction of they want to sneak into the play in and win now, or this is a long-term rebuild type deal. It just kind of feels in the middle where I'm uncertain of what this deal means for the direction they want to go. I would have rather them kept the pick kind of just ran out the team they got, but like I you said, I like Abaji. I think Abaji's got a lot of potential. No, Linux is a very solid player. He, he does yeah. kind of everything you need to, need a guy to do coming off the bench. So we'll see. You know, you know why I feel like it feels like it's in the middle for you, Steve, is mm-hmm. because I think that this Raptors organization is that high on Scotty Barnes. And I really think <laughs> they're just trying to beef the rest of the roster up and just when it's time for him to be the star they think he's going to be and take Mm -hmm. over he has this great roster around him because i would i would say that i would say they have a pretty if they if they think that way about scotty barnes i really do think they have a very solid roster uh, uh, alongside him because you know rj Barron quickly we know that they brought them in those are guys who are only going to get better. I mean, basically all the things you just laid out for us. And then they bring in Kelly Olenek and then another guy, Baji, with a ton of potential. I mean, he was uh, the 14th overall pick just two years right. ago. And we haven't really get, got to see him flourish at all. And, he, you know, he gets a new opportunity here. And, yeah, I think it's a, it's a strange year for Toronto, right? They started the season by losing their coach. Then they yep. started out horribly. They parted ways with OG and Pascal, who were like the pillars of the yep. franchise. They stick with Scotty. I that's that's what it seems like to me. You know, you could still even argue it's a bad move to trade your first round pick, even if you do right. think that way about Scotty. But 
that's that's just the only way I can see. I feel like that's that must be Toronto's thinking here. Is they're like we're that's all in on point. Scotty. We're gonna try to put a roster around him. That's a yeah. good point. No, I think you're right. And they're also only four games out of the plan right now, right? Yeah. So it's not yeah. like they're dead, 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 dead race completely in the East, eliminated, <laughs> right? And who are who are they chasing right now? Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Chicago. Sorry, JBC, but none of those teams yeah. are really like Chicago. Okay. Report they're, today that they wanted to stay intact because they're charging for the play in too. Right. Yeah. Exa- exa- exactly. Everyone's like, fighting for the play. Right, <laughs> no, but none of those teams are like a lock to me, so I yes, get it. And right. honestly, if we look at all four of those rosters right now—Brooklyn, Toronto, Atlanta, and Chicago—you can argue that Toronto's got the best roster. Yeah, you really, you really could with so. the moves they made after today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, I get it. it. Just to me, like I said, when you have a team, and I don't know exactly what first round it is. I know with sometimes with these deals, you really never know until yeah, a day right. later. But um. I would have rather kept the pick, and I just don't know right now. And maybe they are that high on Abaji. I just don't know right now if Olenek and Abaji are worth a first-round pick of a team that's 18. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm with you there. I just feel like that's <laughs> that was Toronto's thinking for me. What their term of competitive is, JBC, is that they had the highest attendance in the league this year so far. That's what they Chicago, care about. Chicago, baby. The, money, hey. the money's coming in no matter you know what. You know what? JBC wants to hate on that, but I know JBC's been to a few of those games. You're helping to that highest attendance, JBC. Yeah. So JBC. you're you, you want to get mad at what they say in competitive is? You're, you're feeding right into it, JBC. Dunny said, uh, Dunny said the Raptors believe in Scotty Barnes. This, maybe that's just Kobe White. Maybe they're like, Kobe's our guy. He's coming up. I think that the last thing I'll say about the Raptors is it's something that you touched on last week, Steve. This is not a great draft class. We don't know who's going to be True. good and who doesn't. So maybe True. the Raptors have been – and we know Masai, obviously, is that was his, like, bread and butter with overseas scouting and everything before GM. Maybe he just looked at all these guys and like, there's nobody worth us trying to be the 10th pick and grab one of these guys. Let's just go with this team going forward. And we still have a couple lottery – well, the, the Indiana will be a lottery pick. They might get a lottery right. pick out of the other crazy deal. So who knows? I, I get that. I just think sometimes, too, when you have excess picks like that, like with the OKC picks, you can, you can bundle them together, right? You can package them together to kind of move up or to make a bigger splash. And in my mind, it's just like, was it would would you have rather held on to the pick or get Olenek and Abaji? And and maybe like I said, maybe they are really high on Abaji. We did like Abaji a lot coming out of college, and he does have a lot of potential. So maybe that is what the the Jazz said it was going to take. But in my mind, it's like I just don't know if it's I'm comfortable with an 18 and 33 team being like we're trading away next year's pick. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like we're trading away this coming drafts pick. So. But, hey, the four games out of the plane, they probably have the best roster, like I said, those four or five teams fighting for it. And I, I'll be excited. And maybe, you know, I'll eat my words if Abazi starts to have a sizable role for this team or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th- I think he'll probably at the very least get a little bit more of an opportunity. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think it's cool. I think that Toronto at least, you know, if, if I was a Raptors fan, I would be happy at least they're being active. especially yeah, making moves. Especially like they didn't get complacent after the OG and Pascal deals. They still wanted to try to improve the roster. Um, If I was a Raptors fan, I'd be excited about that. The rest of these deals, uh, a little more on the minor side. We'll we'll try to. And they kept Bruce Brown too, right? They kept Bruce Brown too, which is yes, which is a which is I think a kind of a big win for the Raptors. 
Yeah, and I think that that also points to what I was talking about. Like maybe mm-hmm. they, I think they they just might be okay with the roster yeah. they have. I think I think they and let let's lay it out correctly too because a lot of that losing and those thirty three losses came at the beginning of the season when they had everyone, which is kind of weird that that was the case, but that is how it happens. They got out to a very, very poor start. Um, you know, they haven't been great since then, but they also haven't been horrible. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Toronto. It's weird that the Toronto Raptors are what they are now. It's like for so yeah. long it was Siakam, OG, mm-hmm. and this group. And Lowry obviously is gone now, and he right. has been for a few years. But it's just like – completely different like they they wiped clean slate and now it feels like they already are competitive again so uh cool moves for the like raptors the only guy from the championship team still on the team's chris boucher right wasn't yeah. that something yep. that we saw yep. the other day crazy yeah it's nuts bro i know so uh shout out toronto they're making moves and that's why we love the nba though right that's why yeah. we love the nba that's why we love the trade deadline you don't see this in the other sports with how many moves oh. happen the change of teams like I, that's why we love this this league it's the best i mean these and teams like, are changing every year and yeah. you can and you can nitpick uh like a first rounder for these guys and it's like and yeah. it's it's a fair conversation to have because like these right. little things matter in the nba you only yeah. have five guys on yeah. the court at a time exactly and injuries happen, as we know, as we touch on at the top of every episode. And yeah, it, it's great, man. This is this is such a cool day in the basketball world. Um, it, it seems to get more, more and more exciting, more and more hype every year. And we'll round it out with the you know these smaller deals. But like I said, they they could still mean a lot. Um, started with du- Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott traded from the Spurs to the Pacers. This was actually where Marcus Morris ended up getting cut because he was on the Pacers in the Buddy Heald deal, got traded to the Spurs, got waived when he got to the Spurs. Uh, So we have McDermott with the Pacers now. They added, you know, a shooter, a score. Kind of makes sense. Uh, Just a a rotation guy there. DeJounte Murray stays in Atlanta. Shocking. Um, This isn't a trade, but it's – it should have been because we've been told for months that yeah. DeJounte Murray was going to get moved. There was a bunch of players who were supposed to get moved for, and Atlanta Hawks stay put. It's crazy. If you would have asked me before, like once the season started, who would get traded first, Pascal Siakam or DeJounte Murray, I would have said DeJounte Murray. And, and yeah. you had Pascal traded. DeJounte yeah. Murray just I, – I, I can't believe it. just stayed there. And he's a guy, too, that would really help a team. just doesn't seem like it's the right fit in Atlanta. We kind of always saw this from when they initially got him. It's like, oh, you got two guards there, not the best defensively, like DeJounte Murray. I think he kind of wants to run the offense a little bit or be the playmaker, and that's what Trey Young has become. Like, feels like he's getting 12 assists a game. And then he just sits, stays put. And we were talking about with the Raptors, right, going for that final playing spot. Who's got it right now? The Atlanta Hawks do. Yep. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, man, he was – you know, everyone I, – I saw rumors about DeJounte Murray for Herb Jones. I, you know, obviously the mm-hmm. Lakers thing was yep. rumored for so long for D'Angelo Russell. Um, also with the Pelicans, I saw DeJounte Murray for CJ McCollum. Um, it's it, it's kind of crazy that he, he stayed put, but I don't know. Maybe something in the last week the Atlanta Hawks saw where they're like, let's, let's try this again. Because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they did, you know, kind of buy all in on this DeJounte Murray Trey yeah. Young thing. So 
I don't know. Maybe maybe they got another little glimmer of hope in Atlanta. But DeJounte Murray stays put. Um, I don't have it on the dock, but I did want to mention this too. Mikael Bridges also stays put, which yeah. I – you know, it was – once it got closer to the deadline, that was kind of the feeling. Mm-hmm. But seeing some of these reports that Mikael Bridges and the Net, the Nets were offered five first-rounders for Bridges. Crazy. And they turned that down. Crazy. I mean, is this is just is this just uh, Rudy, what Rudy Gobert did to the NBA? <laughs> oh, I know, right? Are I, people I love- just afraid to trade that many first round picks now. Yeah, the Nets are in such a weird spot too that, like, you yeah, who knows what they're trying to do? But they guess they're just like Mikhail's our guy. We just we can't get we have to have somebody on the posters next year. Mikhail's gonna be that guy. And like Ben Simmons just came back, and he's already saying yeah. in pressers that he wants to be in the starting lineup. Which, like, you know, Ben Ben Simmons, I think, deserves to be a starter, but yeah. It's uh, it's weird shit going on in Brooklyn, bro. I, th- I I'm surprised that at Mikhail Bridges, this point mm-hmm. of his career, if five first rounders was offered, I'm surprised that wasn't accepted. But yes, another I- guy, another guy stays put. You know, this is the NBA where amazing happens. We talked about it. So many little moves happen, and then a bunch of these guys who are rumored to be traded also can stay put. Um, someone who got traded from the Nets to the Suns, Mr. Royce O'Neal. Yeah. Um. And David Roddy, I don't think he was. I think he came from the third team. I think yeah. he was with the Grizzlies, right? Yep. And so, yeah. they they both went to the Suns. Uh this makes sense. They wanted to add wings, defensive wings. I think I I saw Royce O'Neal in a trade rumor to the Suns like a week and a half ago. So they went out and got one of their guys. This was also a team that was rumored to be trying to go after Marcus Smart. So. Suns, Suns did what they had to do here. Steve, would you say kind of the same thing for the Suns? Like you said about the Celtics, they really didn't have to make a move. No, they didn't or- have to. I, but I like both these players. I, yeah. I really do. I, I like I liked Roddy a lot when he would get his moment in Memphis. It was a little bit at the end of last year, right? His rookie year. Yeah. Then he had some games this year. A little year, bit recently because all the decimated yeah, all lineups, the right? <laughs> yeah. So I really do like David Roddy. He was a Colorado State, one of one of my favorite college basketball players to watch. And then Roy. So Neil, just a guy who's been around the block, just kind of knows what to yeah. do. I, I like, I like both it's these guys. I hope, I hope they're both in kind of the rotation for the Phoenix Suns. And it's like I said, another great team that already I thought had superstars, already had depth. Just adds a little bit more. And then this was a trade that I alluded to, talking about the Toronto Raptors earlier. Dennis Schroeder from the Raptors to the Nets. So they had a, a little more ball handling, a little more more scoring. And they move on from Spencer Dinwiddie, who was there for a minute. Um, Surprised. Talk about scoring. They, you know, they swapped scoring with scoring, so it's kind of a a weird deal. And then Dinwiddie immediately waived by the Raptors. Um, Jake, you you explained it to me before we hopped on. I already forget what was it. It was one point five million. Yeah, roster bonus that he was roster bonus. Okay. Yeah, and maybe did maybe it's just like a do right that like. Maybe yeah, that's maybe something he didn't that want we to ever, be there. Yeah, and they were just like, okay, whatever. He is the Lakers are the favorite to land Spencer Dinwiddie, so obviously mm-hmm. he was looking to go out west and go somewhere. But yeah, it's a, it was a weird. Someone I saw someone tweet that this is uh, this was like the computers making a trade in two K, like two yeah. guys just <laughs> the most irrelevant bottom, yeah. bottom of the rung point guards, just backup point guards getting moved. Like very similar. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I saw Steve. I saw the Mavs might be interested in bringing Dinwiddie back as well. I feel like it's a little crowded with the guards there right now. Yeah, 
and like I, I don't hate it if he comes off the bench that guy, but the way Green's kind of been playing, Hardy's been playing, Tim Hardaway's having a fantastic year, Dante Axum stepping up, it just feels a little crowded. So I'm not I wouldn't be overly excited. I'd be fine if he came back. He played well for the Mavs when he's there, but I think I think like I said, I'm I'm happy with the Mavs moves. I like their team. I don't think they need to, buddy. Yeah. I don't think so either. I also, if I remember correctly, I don't think Dinwiddie was the, the happiest camper when he left Dallas. Right? No, I wasn't, think he wasn't wanted out. Yeah. yeah. So I would be surprising if they brought him back. We'll see. But, I mean, the one I was surprised they didn't go after was Dorian Finney-Smith. That was a lot. I heard the whole week mm-hmm. they wanted to bring him back. Um, yeah, I heard that was the one I was a lot in general about. that people – I think the Nets also got offered two first-round picks for him, and they turned that down. That, that has that – can't, that can't be real. Yeah. There's no but way that, that – that, that's – People that's just fighting the Mark, the Mark the Cuban night. saying he's yeah. a star last yeah. year when he was trying to trade him. I want a star for Dorian Finney-Smith. That can't be true. Two firsts? Yeah. I can take that and run. You I take know, this, that and that, run. That's why they call these things rumors, but I did see uh, that. Uh, <laughs> no I, way that one's real. <laughs> I, hope that's, I hope that's a lie because I, I might go knocking on the GM's door, the Brooklyn Nets, and <laughs> taking his job. Um, Steve, get in there. <laughs> Hey, I'll hey, you, you know what? You I'll, JBC, I am more than welcome to sit in street clothes right next to Dwight Powell <laughs> and watch and watch Luca cook. I'm more than I'm more than happy to do that, JBC. Bro, I could be the 13th man scratched every night. You kidding me? I get to sit next to Dwight Powell, feet up on the bench, and watch Luca cook? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Dimwitty, like we said, he's waived, so we can add him to the list of many. This this was a year of a lot of buyout uh, yeah. candidates here. Uh, we we have them all up on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, there might even be a few we're missing because there's just so many deals, so many guys getting waived today. But the big names uh, that we could think of, we've mentioned a couple. Dinwiddie, obviously. Victor Oladipo, yeah. he was involved in that Stephen Adams trade that happened in the middle of the week last week. Uh, he was waived by the Grizzlies. Korkmaz uh, waived by the Sixers or the Pacers once he got moved. Robin Lopez waved. So Spencer Dinwiddie just said, "I know." He just wants to be play with his brother. brother. He, you see what Robin contending, said? Contending so team. I, I don't want to see what he said. It's going to break my heart. No, he's one of the it's, nicest it's guys jokes. in the NBA. It's jokes. He said because um, Pat Bev was there right before he got waved, and he was like, "It was so nice to spend the forty-five minutes that I got to spend with Patrick Beverly when we were teammates." <laughs> Because they were, they were, <laughs> the trade gotta went through for Robin, Bev, and then 45 minutes later, he got waved. Gotta, gotta love Robin, but I feel so bad for him, though. Yeah, no, yeah. it's tough. Uh, Corey Joseph also in the buyout market, Marcus Morris, Daniel House, and Killian Hayes. Who uh, we, we had a few laughs about Killian Hayes in the group chat earlier, man. but that is talk about a player who just did not work out, man. That is that is Killian Hayes. Yeah. Marcus Morris. They tried Daniel to make House. it work this year too, man. They gave yeah. him the minutes. They gave him the. I know they're like, we suck, man. Like work. here, <laughs> try something, and he just still couldn't make you, it work. I'm telling you right now, and everyone who's watching, you have to try to find the TikTok account of the Pistons fan who just roasts yes. Killian Hayes. He is. He will just every single game just only record Killian Hayes and just commentate on how bad of a basketball well, he player. Won. This oh, this guy has to be the happiest person <laughs> in the world right now. I gotta find it. <laughs> Either that, or or he's just upset now. He is. He he's no more content. Yeah, no more. He's got no more content. That's the only followers he got. He was literally just hating on Killian Hayes. He just Island. hopes Killian Hayes gets picked up by someone else so he can start it all over again. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, we'll end with those buyout guys. I, I would say Daniel House Jr., Marcus Morris Sr., and Dinwiddie are probably the top three buyout candidates. I've already seen, you know, both Shams and Woj talk about how a lot of contenders are interested in those three guys. I would love a Marcus Morris reunion to Boston, if I'm be being sweet. honest. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, nice just, just for the vibes alone, but just to also have like a tough guy veteran coming off the bench, someone who's done it in that building. Um, and then, you know, I'd be surprised if Oladipo doesn't end up somewhere. A lot of these guys, I think we'll get a shot. So, I think Robin Lopez could end up back with the Cavs, honestly. They might yeah, I could see that. Another guy. They, I, I mean, could he wasn't see great that. last year, but they do need some size back. He knows the team, everything else. Also, hope my guy Lamar gets bought out and ends up with the Cavs. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the vibes. Bring Dinwiddie, them, all, bring like them said, all home. Bring them all home. Get the vibes back. Uh, Dinwiddie, as we said, the Lakers are the front early front runner for that. That makes a lot of sense for what the I Lakers need that. right now. Yeah. Um, Pork Mass could really slide in anywhere, I think, too. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting buyout market. I'm excited to see it play out. Yeah, so that that's that's the breakdown of the trade deadline, guys. What a deadline, guys. There's a lot of information. Uh, Hopefully you could keep up with it. The last thing I do want to say before we sign off is Kobe Bryant. His statue is getting unveiled tonight. If you're watching live, uh, the Lakers are doing a a whole thing for him tonight. I saw a lot of ex-Lakers players, a lot of guys who just respect Kobe. Um, Oh, apparently breaking news. Kobe Bryant is going to have three statues outside of Crypto.com. So. Huge tribute to the Mamba. You know, they're probably going to have one of him fading away. I wouldn't be surprised if they do one of him, you know, laying down on the basketball, his signature pose there, that iconic picture. Today is also 2824. So So just it it it, it's all everything Kobe today. It's it's awesome, man. The Lakers are wearing their special black mamba threads for the game tonight. I just uh, great game too for it. Nuggets Lakers, great game. And Steve, I love you for this segue because once again, guys, also download win streaks. My win streaks mm-hmm. pick of the night is actually the Lakers against the Denver I like Nuggets. It. I like it. I'm on. I'm on the Lakers as well, and you know, I I'm sure the points aren't aren't great anymore, but you know, I had to take the Mavs. You know, yeah. you know, I had to take the Mavs against the Knicks, but I'm pretty sure Jalen Brunson's ruled out tonight, so it's going to be uh, kind of a tough tough lineup for the uh, the Knicks and the Mavs newly acquired guys, PJ Washington and Gafford, both game time decisions unlikely either. Yeah, would be my guess. I don't know why they're calling them game time decisions right now, but Luke and Kyrie both projected to play. I really like the Mavs against the Knicks. Really good NBA slate, but I got to say, guys, tonight's one of those nights where I'm just going to be locked in the TNT. We got we got Mavs Knicks yep. to start it Great off, and then, and then the Lakers Nuggets with the Kobe tribute. It's going to be it's going to be one of those nights where you just put it on the big screen, you just lie back, and you just lock into the TNT. Because yep. who, who's wow. going to do a better you know broadcast or presentation yep. than TNT too? Oh Nobody. yeah, and I, pick, I, uh, I go ahead. No, do your pick. I just have one more thing about Kobe before. No, we sign go ahead, off. go ahead. I'll do, I'll make the pick at the end. Uh, Kobe, the three statues. Uh, one will be him wearing number eight. One will be him wearing number twenty-four, and one will be of him and his daughter uh, Gianna. That's beautiful. So very cool. This is uh, it, it's great, man. I I just got chills reading that. It's really yeah. cool moment. Um, I mean, Kobe deserves. 24 statues man three three yeah. is great this is uh it's special it's an awesome night uh great day that's for basketball tribute. that's a beautiful tribute. yeah definitely what let's go on that Jake? 
Well, you want to make a pick? All right, I'll make a pick here. Yeah, I, yeah, I got the Pacers. Yeah. I don't remember what the what the number is, but okay. the Warriors on a back-to-back, road back-to-back, love taking those picks against them. They just had a big win in Philly, flying to Indiana. We know how that Pacers up pace, up tempo. The Warriors did not make any moves, which is kind of right. crazy. I, I like the Pacers. Warriors yeah. and Lakers not making any moves. Crazy. Yeah, and, and the Chicago Bulls. Sorry, JBC. <laughs> But yeah, that's a that's a beautiful tribute to Kobe. I can't wait to see them unveil that later and and get to see everything. And I'm sure they'll have a beautiful tribute in that Lakers game tonight. It's gonna be a fun atmosphere. Oh yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Shout out Kobe Bryant. Uh, that was the trade deadline episode, and we will see you guys next week. Later, yeah. guys.